business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Today I want to take a slightly different angle and look at what are the advantages, what are the loopholes, what are the areas that one can take from the current situation as we know it, as we see it, and take advantage going forward so that you can really make the best of it. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome Lawrence Kutsia of Marriott. He is an investment professional. Lawrence, welcome to High FM. Thank you, Avi. Uh, really glad to be here and, and uh, uh, Hello to all your listeners. Great. Lawrence, I'm going to start off on a little bit of a side issue because I just read up a little about you and I see you're a fundy on, on, uh, on, on fixed property. Uh, that's your sort of, uh, your, your playground. Tell us a little bit about where that particular segment sits now, how it features, because it's been a dog for a while and it's sort of really got a little bit of bark in the last while. What, what's your overall view on that? Well, I mean, I think it's a sector where fundamentals are, are really poor at the moment. Um, you just have to look around and think about all the office spaces that are, are going vacant. Um, you know, we, we, we had a recent uh, workshop, and what really sums up for me uh, how the sector and the outlook for it going forward is if you just think about GrowthPoint's recent results, GrowthPoint's a big South African company, REIT. Um, they're pretty balanced, so they've got retail, office, and industrial. Um and, and how it generally works is you've got 20 to 25% of a property portfolio that comes up for renewal. You know, the leases are up. Uh, and what we're seeing is obviously it's, it's harder to renew those leases, first of all. So we're seeing vacancies increase. And then secondly, the ones that are being renewed are being renewed at significantly lower rentals. And if you think about the latest results, I think it was 15 to 20% lower than what they were, you know, what, what they were renting before. So that's something that's going to play out in that sector over the next few years. A lot of questions that needs to be answered. Um, but it's certainly, I think, where we are, we're finding a base from a dividend perspective, um, but still a, a tough road ahead for the sector. Okay, good. Thank you for putting that in perspective. Let's get into the meat of the issue because, as usual, we're going to run out of time and uh, I'm only going to just be getting into my mojo at that stage. So let's get into it. offshore investing, inflation and the road ahead. Inflation at the end of the day is one of the major drivers of the market. And, um, you know, we know in South Africa that we're enjoying a low inflation scenario at the moment. We're enjoying it if you've got debt, if you've got sort of money that you're trying to get a fixed income on without having sleepless nights, you're not enjoying it. Because it's about 50% down of where it was not so long ago. And um, if you're buying property, it's all good and it's all well until that wheel starts to turn. Talk us through that whole scenario, the way you see it. Yeah. So, so you know, I think what we've seen is, and I think your prelude was quite good. You know, before the pandemic, it was tough globally. And like you said, the U.S. was a little bit better. What we've seen is the pandemic really, you know, an economy shutting down globally. What we've seen is short-term rates being, you know, suppressed lower. You know, from a South African perspective, it's the lowest short-term rates we've seen in 50 years. So, so it's really hard, as you say, for people looking for yield. Um, but, but I think if you think about markets and think about investing, the two big questions that, that, that are out there for us is, is the inflation that we're seeing transitory? We certainly believe so. 
And then secondly, you know, is the fact that, you know, governments across the world, you know, sprinted money and just kind of got us through this difficulty. Are we off to the races now or are we more vulnerable today? Uh, and, and the truth is we're more in debt today than we've ever been, um, uh, you know, from a global perspective. And if you borrow money, that means, you, you know, you, you're almost, you have to pay that back over time. Uh, so for us, that means we are a bit more vulnerable uh, and you've got to make sure about where you're investing and, and for the reasons why you're investing. So for us, it's about quality companies longer term and more certainty comes from those. So when we, when we talk about the inflation, how it affects one's particular in, in investment and things like that, the bottom line is that we saw a real shutdown in February, March, April last year. And then like we've always seen is this tremendous rebound and things just got back to normal. And then we started hearing that wonderful term, the markets already factored this in. I was the markets already taken into account. And life went on and from January till uh, not so long ago, it's been an absolute festival. Investors have really done nicely. They've seen returns. Um, they've sort of forgotten the blood that they'd seen for the last couple of years, which is a bit rough. But the, the bottom line is when you said it's trans, 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 Transitional, in other words, it's only here for temporary a period of time. How do you see upward inflation affecting South Africa going forward? South Africa is unique. Um, in if you talk globally, you know what, what's happened is we've seen you know economies across the world thinking about spending on infrastructure to try and help the economies out, and that's what we've seen has pushed up commodity prices, which is quite beneficial for South Africa. We've seen the rand strengthen, um, so so. From an inflation perspective, you know, South Africa almost seems like it's doing really well. You know, our last inflation number was 4.4. If you think about the last inflation number in the U.S., it was 5%. So current numbers, you know, I know we're getting one this week, but current numbers, U.S. inflation is higher than South African inflation, which is we haven't seen that for a very long time. Um, you know, so, so it seems like the market is pricing in inflation to be for the next five years between around four and a half percent. You've seen Governor Kenyahu give those predictions. Um, and if you look at the U.S., they're thinking two to two and a half percent. So, so nothing significantly different. Um, but I think what we are seeing uh, is, you know, if you speak South Africa versus the first world, that difference in inflation is certainly narrowing a little bit. You, you were speaking about inflation and, and what it yes. means. So, so what you'll see from a South African perspective, we have a target range for inflation. It's three to six. If you think about America, they want inflation. They've come out late, lately and said they want inflation to average 2% over time. The idea is you don't want inflation to get out of hand because it's really bad for an economy and, and it really affects, you know, your vulnerable people, your poor people in your country. Now, if you can target it, if you can keep it maintained at a level that is kind of acceptable, you know, that means you're, you're running at optimal from an economic perspective. What happens is if your economy, you know, is really doing well, you know, there's a lot of growth coming through. That means there's money in the system. That means prices can be pushed up. And, and generally what you find is if it goes above your target range, there's economic growth coming there. What you'll see is interest rates being raised to kind of bring it back in line. And that's really how, how the whole system works. So economic, inflation speaks to where you're going, what's going to happen in the years ahead. And, and, you know, governments around the world will use interest rates to either dampen that growth or increase that growth. Because if you reduce interest rates, that should, you know, you know, make things more cost effective. That means investors could, you know, invest more in the economy. 
uh, they'll have a bit more money because the interest costs are lower. And, and it's pretty much where we are at the moment. Globally, we are as accommodative as we can be. Interest rates, um, you know, is all-time lows. Uh, and, and we're trying to kickstart global economy. Uh, that's where we are at the moment. Fantastic. Thank you. Nicely put and really explained in, in a nutshell. Um, when it comes to, say, I just wanted to add one thing on that. I, I remember reading in Varsity that there was a huge amount of criticism against inflation targeting and it was an archaic system and it needs to be changed. And there were articles written on it. I don't know how many years later it is. And we've still got the same argument going. And yet it's the same barometer that we're using. It's the same system that we're using because it's a real um, touch point when it comes to the economy, just to give both the economists, the government, and the man on the street an understanding as to the health of the economy as a whole. Um, Lawrence, take us to Marriott. Um, at the end of the day, you're an investment house. You, your, your function is to take people's money and invest it according to a mandate. When you take inflation and when you take the considerations of the economy into account, and the people are sitting in front of you as they are now, and they say to you, Lawrence, what should I do? What do I do? Where do I go? What, what's your answer to that? Okay, so, so you know, it's, it's the big question. Um, for us, there's, there's two, two prongs to it at the moment. Uh, and really, let's speak South Africa, just to start with. Growth outlook is really slow. You think longer term, they're thinking too odd. You have, we'd be lucky to break 2%, um, which is not great from an emerging economy. But what is interesting, and, and we really like, is if you look at South African government bonds, there's very high yields. And if you compare them to inflation, they're actually the highest globally, the highest real yields globally. So we would say look to medium-term government bonds. You're getting yields from 7 to 9% in an inflation environment of 4 for yield. But if you're looking for growth and capital growth longer term, we would say look internationally. Look for global multinational quality dividend paying companies that sell basic necessities across the world. Um, uh, that's quite defensive, you know, quality brands that, that everybody knows. Uh, and, and you're getting those on yields around 2%. The outlook for growth for them, you know, is six odd, four to 6%. That's inflation beating. And for us, that's a really good place to go in a very uncertain world. Um, and, and, you know, that's what we would be telling people at this point in time. So a lot of the, so two or three SMSs have just come through and people said, why are you being so vague about the companies that you're bagging about offshore? Maybe just spit out a few of those that you, that you would like to sort of, or that you have got, um, oh, stakes yeah, in. I mean, no problem at all. From a, from, from a global perspective, there are three long-term themes that we want to be part of. The first one is the aging population in the first world. You know, healthcare costs we know is going up. You can just imagine with the pandemic. So, you know, your Johnson and Johnson, your Pfizer, your Roche, those type of companies. Um, then if you're looking at, you know, consumers, staples across, across the world, you're looking at companies like Colgate, uh, Palmolive. You, you're looking at uh, companies like Nestle. Those are the type of companies that you'll see. And then the third long-term theme we think will, will help investors even in this environment, is tech-enabled efficiencies. So companies like Microsoft or Visa. You know, if you think about COVID and the impact, you know, that has had on markets, Visa has had more transactions over the last year than we've seen for a very long time. Yes. Uh, and they've been a major beneficiary of that. 
so, so I hope that answers that question, Avi. Um, you know, for me, quality companies is where it's at. Uh, you know, I think the fact that they can pay out, you know, cash flows in the form of dividends, you can collect those. Uh, and many of these have had dividend payments that have increased for over 50 years. So they've been through difficult times. Uh, they've, you know, adapted themselves um, and, and are really in a decent place from a longer-term perspective. And, um, Lawrence, well, what's coming through on the SMS line, I don't know why people sort of jumped on you as the, uh, the political expert together with the economy, but what people <laughs> really want to know is that there's a feeling that there's been such poor management with the whole yeah. COVID uh, scenario. And this is the same government that's making policy, the same government that's putting uh, decisions in place. Um, so those are the idea of the questions that's coming through. What I want to put on top of that is that I almost feel that there's a dual economy. There's a dual system running in South Africa. There's government and there's business. Um, they, they support each other, but if not for business being resilient, being open-minded, being tough and being forward-looking, it's unlikely that we would have had the growth that we have had or the stability that we've had in the country. What do you guys at Marriott feel about large South African um, big cap companies and, and their pro, you know, prospects of doing well going forward? Well, again, for us, we will tend to look from a South African perspective. You know, it's, it is difficult. The outlook is harder. If you think about the jobs that's lost, you think about the fact that government is not wanting to increase salaries. You think about wage increases going forward and the power that the worker has. It's harder. The environment is certainly much tougher. Um, and, and if you look at the growth expectation, it, it is a tough road. So, so when we're looking South African, what we're wanting to do is, again, go to basic necessities. We think the next few years, you know, where government will be spending is on social spending. That'll find its way into spas, checkers, those type of companies, um, you know, pick and pay. We, we still believe, you know, your, your banks are a, are a basic, you know, type of need from a, from a South African economy perspective. That's not going to go anywhere. Those prices are reasonably priced. And in the hospital groups, we think we'll do well for investors, you know, from a longer term perspective. The truth is, it's a tough road, but we have got quality companies that will be around uh, and that will continue to do well for investors. And we certainly will be looking to those. Lawrence, let's come back to fixed income. Um, as we just discussed, interest rates are low. Um, you know, people can put their money in the bank and they're getting a low return compared to what the Africans are used to. Um, it's a, not a bad return compared to anywhere else in the world. But the, the, the question would then be, you know, Lawrence, why should I go into fixed income now if it's so low? Why, why, is, it, why is it even an asset class that I should entertain? Yeah, so, so, so I think it's, it's a very interesting question. Short-term cash rates are the lowest they've been in 50 years. So you go to the repo rates, 3.5%. If you go out a year to one-year kind of instruments, you're getting 470 you go out five years, you're getting 7%. You go out 10 years, you're getting 9%. That's kind of roughly what you're getting. What is interesting, just from a technical perspective, it's quite a steep yield curve. The further out you go, the higher rates are. Um, so on the short end, I would completely agree with you. There's not much value, especially if you think short-term rates are three and a half, inflation's 4.4, you're not even getting a real yield. So, so what guys are doing in the fixed interest space is trying to take on some term, take on some duration in order to get a real yield and a better outcome. Um, so we would we would agree with the short-term kind of assessment that you've made, but if you take on a bit of term, 
We think there's still some yields available that should be attractive to investors. And to put it into perspective, South African government bond, medium-term government bond yields, are the highest real yields globally. There are no higher yields than ours relative to the inflation that we have. So, so I think it's very attractive from that point of view. Without being too cynical, a government bond is only as good as the government is and yes. who holds it. Yeah. Is our government good for their bonds looking 10 years down the line? Avi, I think it's a really good question, and I think that's why I, I said medium term. You know, I think medium term for us means, you know, over the next five to seven years, we, we feel there's no concern. We think that we're, we're in a good space. Um, if you just think about what we've seen recently, you know, commodity prices have improved. South Africa's tax collections are better. Um, you know, the rating agencies have just rated us, and they haven't downgraded us. Um, Ramaphosa seeming to get a grip on corruption. There's signs of that. Um, so there's a lot of positives. I think the next budget, you're going to see some really significant improvements uh, from tax collection, and that will be that will be certainly positive. But make no mistake, we're deteriorating slowly. So, so I think if you go 10, 15 years out, I would be giving you a different answer. But, you know, if you look at the five-and-a-half-year government bond, you can get 7%. It matures in 2026. We think it's absolutely safe, not, no no real worry from that perspective. So you've got to understand where you're investing. If you're going 30 years out, I would be a little bit worried. No, Lawrence, I, I asked that question with trepidation, and I almost asked it feeling like, uh, like I'm totally unpatriotic, and it's almost a mutinous sort of question um, because I didn't dream that one would get to this point. Um, but uh, let's, leave the, let's leave the politics on the side. And but, but Avi, I think it's, it's important to be realistic. There is this massive negative sentiment, and you'll hear it everywhere. And, 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 it's, and it's true and it's real, and you need to understand that that's being priced into the markets. And I think that is one of the reasons why we have these highest real yields from a global perspective. Um, but if you had to be honest with yourself, do you believe by 2026 there will be an event? You know, we would say it's very highly unlikely. 90% of our debt is RAND denominated. The average term of our government debt is 12 years. It means half of the debt matures post-2033. So there's a lot of things that you need to think about, you know, from a detailed perspective. And it really shows that those medium-term bonds are, are some serious value there at the moment. Great. Now, just before I let you go, there are people listening. They're hearing the name Marriott. Tell us quickly about the investment house how they can contact you, whether they come to you directly, whether they go through their financial consultant, what's the best way to be in touch? Well, well Avi, I think, you know, just first of all, Marriott is, has been around for a while. We, we pride ourselves on, you know, investing in quality, reliable, dividend-paying companies that will bring, that'll bring more predictability to an investment outcome. Um, we, we definitely uh, cater to investors that are looking to draw income from their portfolios. And if you want to do that in a predictable way, i.e. spend the income from your investments, not the capital, you know, please have a look at our, uh, you know, website, www.marriott.coza. I think that's a good starting point. Uh, and you'll have the contact details there. Um, but please go have a look at that. And I'm sure, you know, if you're interested. Please, please go there. If anybody's gone to the website or going to the website and you see a hotel group, just go back to Google and look at the other one. And I also got yes. confused over there a little bit. Marriott.co.za. Good. I mean, Lawrence, can people be in touch with you directly? Avi, I think the way it works is, you know, 
give the communication center a call. They'll put you in contact with a, a consultant or somebody a representative. Um, but you know, we definitely are available. Um, but if we give the number out, then we get too many calls. So, so I'm, I'm very much unlikely to give you my number on, on, on radio. If that's okay. That is a beautiful thing to hear because at the end of the day, there's a channel to go through and yes. there's lots of business coming in, which means that you guys are busy. If you're busy, it means you're adding value to people. And if you're adding value to people, there's money going through the economy. So great. Thank you. Lawrence Kutsia from Marriott, thank you so much for your time and thanks for coming on. No problem. Anytime, Abby.